five and a half common problems people have with their PC-based computers on this episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi and welcome to John McGowan, the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. When I started this oh, a year and a half ago, you know, my first concern was what would I have to talk about? Well, I think you've seen now that we're 73 or 74 podcasts later, we're just getting started. And one thing that occurred to me as I was trying to rescue my uh, current PC from a hard drive failure, rescued by my brother Dan, who is the the geek in our family, I thought, you know what, I got to believe that other instructors... And if you're listening to this podcast or reading our blog at IndoorCycleInstructor.com, you're using a computer, and you're probably having some problems. And so when Dan and I were trying to fix my, I should say, while Dan was fixing my uh, hard drive, I said, Dan, what are the common problems people have? And we just started chatting about it, and I said, whoa, 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 stop. This is going to make for a good podcast, because I think a lot of people listening to this are going to appreciate just being aware of these problems and at the same time having some potential solutions that Dan's willing to offer. So I'd like to introduce you to my brother, Dan McGowan. How are you, Dan? I'm good, John. Thanks for having me. Dan, just give everybody a little quick background on you know what you've done within the computer industry uh, as of late. Well, I'm a Microsoft Certified Systems Engineer. I've been working on the PCs for oh, almost 20 years now, a long, long time. Uh, before that, I spent some time in the Navy working on electronics. Uh, I've got a lot of experience supporting home users and small and medium-sized businesses. have been doing this for, like I said, for quite a while. And I've seen a repetitiveness in certain issues that happen. Home users normally don't have access to a a computer person like myself. Oh, I can I can I can test to that. Yes, we bribe Dan to come over frequently, and the first thing I say is, "Amy," and everybody knows who Amy is now. Uh, Amy, we need to make something nice because Dan's coming over to help us. Yeah, you do. And so, uh, but what you've identified as, or we identify where we were talking is that you know there's what I call what we started with five, and then we added another one, so we're calling them five and a half potential issues problems. And I said PC in the introduction. These aren't just PC problems. If you have a Mac, a number of these issues are uh, just as real to you as uh, to a PC owner. The first one is, and I think the thing that most people are aware of as a concern is, are viruses. And then as a subcategory, uh, spyware. Yes. It's become a huge issue here for individuals. The number of viruses and the amount of spyware increases dramatically as these groups attempt to use these tools to steal your identity, to sell you things that you probably don't want to buy, uh, attempt to influence you, cause you to give out your credit card information that when you really didn't need to. Yeah, the phishing, that kind of thing. And we're going to get to that later. The thing that always I was always fascinated by, how there's viruses and whatnot that can turn your computer into a robot for somebody else. Yes. A lot of the viruses out there are, are written specifically to do one thing, and that's to send spam 
using your computer to other people. Uh, the idea being, if they can just get a couple people to to click on a link in one of their virus virus laden spam messages, or get you to somebody to put your credit card information in there, they've won. They've made money on the deal. Okay. Well, first of all, where do these come from? I mean, is there um, one guy in his pajamas in his basement sending these out, or what well, is it? Usually, originally there was, but now there it's become more of a of a criminal enterprise. Currently, there are probably close to 15 million computers in the world that are sending out spam messages. That are infected. That are infected. 15 million? Yes. Wow. Out of 300, 400 million computers that oh, are okay. online right now. All right. But that's um, still a lot of infected lot, computers. Right? Yeah. As the viruses are written on a daily basis, the antivirus companies try to keep up on a daily basis. Before we talk about the solution side of it, where, how do I get one? The biggest ones are email. Second biggest would be as you're surfing the internet and you come across what we call a bad ad. It's an ad that's placed on a web page by a third party. It might be in Google. You did a Google search. You clicked on a link. You went to a web page and then there was a bad ad on there. And that tried to download and install something on your computer, be it a virus or spyware. Okay, you didn't have to click on anything. anything. No. It just, just went. Would tried to yes. like out of some horror movie. Yes. Okay. We call it drive-by installation. Okay. It does affect both the the on the PCs. It affects not only what was the Internet Explorer, but also in the Firefox and in Opera. All the different browsers have issues, and occasionally we'll let this stuff happen. Okay. So, what can you do to stop it? The biggest issue is making sure that your 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 PC is up to date. But what stops the actual viruses is antivirus software. That's the, the programs from Microsoft or Symantec, McAfee, Trend Micro. They provide the service that stops the, stops the viruses in their tracks. These companies have to update their software on a constant basis to keep the battle going against the virus writers. So does everybody have that? Obviously not. <laughs> not obviously not. Uh, most virus software is sold as a service and has been up until recently there was only one essentially free software package from a company called AVG. Mm-hmm. That's what you had us using for yes, a long time. Okay. AVG has gone away from their free their free version that they had for home users. It was always a, a commercial product for business has had to pay for it. Um, the new, I guess, you, the new boy in town is Microsoft has just released their security essential software. Came out approximately three months ago. Um, it had been tested for quite a while, and it's been. Going like gangbusters, it works well. Personal experiences on new machines that have used it has been very impressive. On older machines, which we found had, you know, if the latest, greatest antivirus software installed tended to slow them down dramatically. Oh, yeah. No, I know that exactly. Yes. But the, the new Microsoft Security Essentials seems to run quite smoothly on older hardware. So if you have a lower amount of RAM, RAM, a machine, say your machine is instead of being a year old, maybe it's three years old, four years old, that machine could still run the software and still work effectively. And it's free. And it's free. And it's from Microsoft, so it's got to be great, right? (laughs) It's hard to know who's evil these days, Microsoft or Google. Yes. But but it is a solution that you would recommend. Yes, I highly recommend it. It works well. Do you put it on top of... You know, a lot no. of people may have a a, a one year subscription to Semantic no. or Norton if, Antivirus or something. Yes. I, I found as 
you only want to have one antivirus software package running on it. You might have another anti-spyware program. The okay. Microsoft Security Essentials has both built in, but there are sometimes you would have other software going with. But you would not want to run like uh, this with the McAfee antivirus or the Norton antivirus at the same time. Okay, so if you have an existing, and I realize all those packages are on a subscription basis. basis. They yes. they run out at some point and they say, yes. here, you got to pay $40 for another year or mm-hmm. whatever. So is the idea you just wait until those expire or? you can, your, your choices are you can either wait till they expire or if you run into a problem, you, you think that the machine is running slowly, what you can do then is to replace it. You replace what? Replace the antivirus software that you okay. currently have. Okay. I'm finding a lot of people, they getting down on the, the subscription. They're calling me on support and asking, well, what should I do? And I'm like, well, let's put the Microsoft antivirus on there and see how it works. Okay. It's been in my experience, like I said, it's worked well. Okay. It's smoother, it's faster, and it really does right. the job that the other products are doing. Exactly. Yeah, no, that whole thing, because I know with my old Dell that I had, it was a couple years old, and every time that antivirus would start to run a background check, it might it would cripple my computer. Yes. It could do nothing. All right. Uh, so then you're saying, with, what's it called again? Microsoft Security Essentials. And there'll be a link to that on our site. And again, yeah. it's free. I don't get paid to promote it. I just... I just have it on all my computers now, and if Dan says that's what I do, that's what I do. It's very simple. It's either green, it's yellow, or it's red. Okay. If, if it's green, it's working and it's operational. If yellow, it needs, your, it needs you to look at it and see what's going on. And if it's red, it's got a problem. What do you do with the old antivirus software? Do an uninstall. It's pretty simple. You go into the control panel, into programs, do an uninstall. Uh, if you have a long-term subscription with something like McAfee or Norton, they can. It will prompt you, show you how to save like the security, the serial number, so you can keep track. So if you decide to go back to that product, right, there's a way to do that. Okay, you want to get that. Make sure you have that serial number so you don't lose out on your uh, subscription time. Okay. Hopefully, we've answered a few questions there. Number two that we talked about is spam, and I guess mm-hmm. the basic question is why does Amy get Viagra ads? <laughs> <laughs> don't we? Why do I get them? I don't <laughs> yes. need Viagra. No Viagra. Anyway, so explain explain okay. that whole process. So, like the whole the whole process is like is to get you to separate you from your money. Obviously, uh, Viagra because of its 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 naughtiness, I guess you could say, it was the 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 key word to send to people to try to generate uh, links. Normally, originally when the Viagra ads came out, that was a, a legitimate ad. They were trying to get you to purchase this product. Sure, or try uh, it to get a yes. sample. I understand. Now it, now it basically covers the whole gamut of, from their, from the virus writer's perspective, it is gets you to click on a link. Okay. That link will either cause a virus spyware to install on your computer, get pull up a website that where you can put your information in. <laughs> Which you don't want to, though. <laughs> so so you... The numbers work out very simply. A virus writer has a whole bunch of computers that are infected sending out these, these spam messages. They send, say, 10 million spam messages. If they get two or three people out of those 10 million messages to click a link, they make money. Okay, because they've it, infected my computer and then it's yeah, sending and, out... Okay. okay. Because they have no hardware costs. They have no... They write this software, it goes out there, and it works, and it does its thing. And, like I said, it really is a criminal enterprise at this point. 
What do you do with it then? I mean, I realize like I use uh, Google to manage Mm -hmm. my indoorcycleinstructor.com email and I have a spam folder that's full of stuff Mm -hmm. every day. Some of it sneaks through, but... uh, I I guess my my point in, in telling people is if you're getting a lot of spam, you need to work with with either the software that you're using, see why you're getting it, or work with your provider who's providing your email for why I have this amount of spam. Some providers do not put any spam filtering in your in your account. Okay. Some do. Google does. In, in MSN does. There's different Imagine companies. Yahoo, yeah. Hotmail, yes. they all do. If you have like a home user email account from some other company you, and you're getting a lot of spam, you probably need to talk to your provider about it Make sure you're getting filtered. The reason why is because they don't want to have what we call a false positive on your email. That's where someone sends you a message that is legitimate right. and it gets filtered. So like if you sent me an email saying, John, do you have any extra Viagra? Yeah. So I wouldn't get it. <laughs> Anyways, go on. <laughs> so the, the real message would be, would be like, are you coming over tomorrow? Okay. A short, quick message you drop to someone. Believe it or not, that stuff gets filtered a lot because of it has just doesn't have enough information in there to make it through. Which is also why you will see a lot of spam messages will have long strings of words attached to them because they're using that to to get past the filters. Oh, unnecessary words. words. But yes. it, it says the idea being, well, this is a long email. email. It must be legitimate. legitimate. Yes. Okay. So so part of what you're saying is if you're going to send an email that has to go out, it should have some Depth of breath to, to it. it. Yes. If nothing else, just putting your whole name and the whole per- person, the other person's whole name in there, that causes the filters to realize, okay, these are not common words normally. But right. uh, that's just one of the things about spam. But it's something that we just really have to live with. To a limited extent, yes. If you, if someone just sends you a small single spam message, here, click here on my link. The filters don't filter for that because they're looking for. Messages that come in by the thousands and the millions. Okay. To give you some example, currently Microsoft's uh, filtering system pulls in 85% spam and 15% real messages on a daily basis. <laughs> and they wonder why the internet is slow. Yes. Right. Or it could be. Okay. Right. Okay. Now that's for like all of Microsoft. That's hundreds of millions of accounts. It's a huge amount. And it's a huge problem, and we're everyone's doing the best they can. Hopefully, three, four years from now, the spam messages will have been knocked down to a uh, a dull roar. If we can get it to the point where you're getting two or three messages a, a week, that would be we that would be good. We, we right. would consider that the war one. Right. I use an email service called Aweber, which requires a double opt-in, is what it's called. It's for my uh, email newsletter that goes out every Sunday night. And so what happens is when you sign up for it, you put in your first name and your email, you click OK, it sends you an email saying, did you really intend to sign up for this? You have to click it again, which is the double part, uh, to really ensure that you requested this. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, when I send out that email, it comes out as what's called whitelisted, mm-hmm. meaning that you know, this is a provider that demands mm-hmm. that everyone that sends an email entitled to receiving it. Yes. Number three. Fishing with a pH at the beginning. <laughs> All right. We, we differentiated from going fishing for walleyes 
by the the pH. That's uh, the technical. Techni- <laughs> That's the technical. Not we're not all with. No, we're using worms. Okay. Yes. Okay. What are they looking for? Like I said, the biggest thing that they're, they're looking for is to get some piece of information from you that they can use to do something else. Basically, to steal your identity. That means any information: your credit card, your bank account statements, your addresses. Your personal information, your mother's maiden name, anything they can do. Phishing has become a huge issue, and that's one of the largest things that's coming out on emails now is sending a message that appears to appear from your bank or a online service or like anything PayPal like, or some the other else. big legitimate company. Yep. Here, click here for click here to confirm your information. Recently, I got a message that said it was from the Centers for Disease Control, and I needed to set up my H1N1 profile with the Centers for Disease Control. It said all Americans needed to click here and go there. Oh, wow. I thought that was rather interesting, especially <laughs> considering it came from the Isle of Man. I think that's off the coast of, of, of Ireland. Ireland. Yes. <laughs> and I, so, we have a lot of listeners in Ireland. They'll know exactly what we're talking about. You but, go see those guys sending out those emails. <laughs> Anyways, these phishing mes- messages try to steal your information, and, and like I said, it's a it's a it's a criminal enterprise. It's not hackers per se. It is uh, criminals trying to steal your identity, steal your checkbook. They will if they credit card information, credit card information, whatever, or open up yeah. accounts in your name. Yes, you'd be surprised at the number of people who will click through this because it appears the images will come off on some of the better ones. The images will actually come off of your bank's website or your credit card's website. So it will look legit. Oh, I, oh, and I know how to do that. I could, yeah, 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 it doesn't take any, I mean, you just yes. have to be on working on this stuff for a little while to realize you can steal all the source code and make it look, look just look like, like somebody else's site. So you put in your information. Now, as soon as they get that information, what are they going to do? It's shut off. Some group out there starts trying to steal the information. They get uh, a website for small purchases, $10, $12, $15. See if they have a valid credit card. Now they can sell that credit card to another group. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, not buy, they're not buying and selling singles. They're selling, selling five, ten, hundreds, thousands of credit cards at a time. Send it over to group. They'll run up whatever bills they can. And the next thing you know, the credit card companies is stuck with the bill because once you find out that you know somebody mm-hmm. used your credit card, they cancel it. The credit card company charges us in fees, right, to make up for it, to make up for their exactly. losses. It's not right. a free lunch. No, I know that well. We were uh, we we were in our car on the way to church one morning when I got a call from the Visa, and they asked me that same question: Did you make like twelve purchases of two dollars each on all these sites in the middle of the night? And I said, well, no. And she said, well, we didn't think you did. So we've canceled your card. And that's what they were doing. They were just testing it to make sure that it was good before they try to hit it with something big. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Okay, what do you do about it? Well, the biggest thing with the the identity theft is knowing when you have had it happen. Is not doing it, not giving out your information online. Okay. Verifying the requests that you get? Verifying the requests that you would get. None of these companies, none of these government agencies are going to send you an email and say, hey, click here to go to our website and enter your personal information. Not without some back and forth communications. 
if I go to the Minnesota Department of Revenue's website, I know I'm going to the Minnesota Department of Revenue's website, and I'm right. going to enter information inside of it. Okay. I know that I'm going to do this. If I'm going to my bank myself and I type in the web address to go to my bank, right? I'm at the bank. Um, when you search, because I don't type an address anymore, I just put the name in the Google bar up in the top, and then the address pops up. Okay, is that link always going to be, especially if I type in U.S. Bank and the first link on Google is U.S. Bank, is that going to be their site with 100% certainty? Does Google look at that stuff? No, Google doesn't look at that. Google will try to rank right, based upon the search. Their systems are smart enough to look at eliminating a lot of what would possibly be a phishing site. Okay. But you do need to look and okay. see what you're clicking on. Right, right. Okay. And looking at the address bar and seeing what the actual, mm-hmm. what it pops up to be versus what you, you thought it should be. be. Okay. Yes. Well, and it's well, interesting. I got an email from the Red Cross. I'm a frequent blood donator. And it said, click here to update your information. I thought, oh my gosh, what's this? And I looked at the link and it says usa.redcross.net or org or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just highlighted that part of it and searched just for that. Well, it turns out that is their actual web oh, address. Sorry. So I replied back to the email. I said, you know, update for what? And they emailed me back and said, oh, sorry, we're, you know, we're updating your email addresses. And we show you as the old one and the new one, which mm-hmm. was accurate information, real, yes. helping me understand, yes, this is in fact yeah. the Red Cross. Yes. Biggest thing is, is, if you are a victim of a phishing scheme, if you do go in there and you realize, well, question what it is, you know, call and confirm, if you can, who you were supposed to be communicating with right away. You should check your bank statement. You should contact your bank the same day. This is if you sense you, you might have done something, something really wrong. wrong. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hesitate. They understand. No one's going to laugh at you or criticize you for calling to confirm that yes you were the people i talked to or i i went to your website i did something it's better to do that and have and and you know have a loss of your credit card for two days while they send you a new one right exactly in in comparison to having to deal with you know all of these companies that are going to contact you for why did you order our stuff and ship it over here and now you're saying you're not going to pay for it right exactly The, the issues of Identity theft run much higher, much worse on the time and effort on your side than on what you're criminally or what you're legally liable on the credit card. I mean, that was what we called number four is identity theft. But you're mm-hmm. just saying is that when you send something, you need to act on it. Yes. Okay. I've I've had several clients who who've waited and realized that more waiting more than two or three days just made the problem much much worse. Now, this is, this is the one that caught me completely by surprise, and we call this number four and a half. And that is, what just got added to my phone bill? Yes. Tell me about so, that. So and because we, having teenage daughters in my family, you really got my attention, so explain this. The groups out there in the world trying to get your money kept coming up with new and greater ways of doing this. One of the current ways of doing this is to add these ads to the social networking sites, Facebook and MySpace and some of the others. Okay. It's an ad. You click on it. Maybe it says it's an IQ test. They give you 10 questions that most people can answer. At the end... <laughs> Think you're, an, you're a rocket scientist. scientist. Right. And, and, okay, and now you want to find the answer and find out how smart you are. Just put your cell phone number in this little box and click OK. And we'll send you the results to your phone or something? Or? Yep, we'll okay. send the results to your phone or we'll send you a link or whatever. 
What you're not seeing is the dark black gray black text on the gray black ground at the bottom of the screen. It says, we're going to bill you $19.95 on your cell phone as a ring service every month. Oh, what a nice thing. Okay. Yes. Like you, and you, you have your daughters, and they have their cell phones, and if were they to do that... They'll never see it because they're not looking at the bill. No, and, and I'm not looking at it because I have it set up on auto pay. It was an extra $20 or $30 on the bill. You just thought they were texting a whole lot this right, month. Right, right. And once you see it, okay, oh, it went up 20 bucks. Well, it's the phone company. company. But then you accept it month after month, month after month. month. Next thing you know, you've just spent four or $500 <laughs> a year for a cell phone service that had no value. And like I said, the, these are... Mostly on the ads on the on these sites, similar to Facebook and MySpace. Okay, that's how you know. Obviously, Facebook and MySpace have to be in business. They have to sell advertising to continue work function. Right. The advertisers, you know, obviously, lot regular advertisers. Other ones are the ones who are doing these services, and that the quickest, easiest thing to hit you with is a cell phone bill. Okay, so now you mentioned something that my younger daughter Carly spends a lot of time on farm something. Well, Farmville and, and Farmville, that's Farmville. it. Build your farm. Oh, it seems like mindless, but they like love I said, it. it. It it is a fun little game designed to sell advertising. Okay, it's uh, keep you on the site for a long, long time. time. Yes. Yep. One of the things that they have is inside of that is ads that are designed to get you to come back and spend more time on Farmville or Farmtown. Oh, yeah, you got to go back and rotate your crops, yeah, and oh, my gosh, it's, they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. What they have inside of it is is a, a lure to get you, oh, so you want a bigger farm? Well, you need more of these Farmville dollars. Okay. And to get those, you have to go over to our our advertisers. You, know, you have to go complete these offers. Go click here, sign up for this service from Netflix. Sign up for this advertising. Add this toolbar to your web browser oh okay oh, and so, all of this are opportunities uh, to take over your computer. computer yes or or just simply to sell you something right 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 okay those are the big things right there farmville on facebook and myspace those, those aren't necessarily evil programs the kids love them mm-hmm. i actually enjoy playing on the farm town a little bit <laughs> you have to watch out for what you're clicking on in the background because they're, they're using it as a lure to get you in the door. Gotcha. Then number five, which I learned the hard way once, and I'm in good position now, and that is having proper backups. I'll be honest, I got burned here just three months ago. I had backed up a computer onto a hard drive, and it had my kids' soccer games pictures on it. It cost me $500 to get those pictures back. But they're worth it. Cause I mean, something happened to the yeah, hard drive? Yeah, the drive and... failed. I couldn't believe it. One day it worked. The next day it was dead. It cost $500 for a company over in Wisconsin to recover that Recover stuff. all the data. But it was worth it. It was well, my little boy Sam's soccer games. And he, he's going to have that for the rest of his life because I got like eight copies of it now. <laughs> oh okay, so well, here's where the Mac people, I think, need to be yes. um, told to stand up straight and... And realize, tell, explain to the difference between a hard drive and a PC and a hard drive and a Mac. There is no difference. There's no difference. Not anymore. Okay. All Macs nowadays now are are Intel, what we call an Intel based computer PC. Okay. They're specific hardware built for for Apple, but they're a 
Intel chip. The memory comes from the same factory that the memories in, in a compact has. The hard drive is made by, by the same company that you know an HP's hard drive is made by. Okay. All of the all of the equipment is the same. The operating system is different sure. from how it works. Windows but the mechanical Mac, thing that can fail, like my hard drive right, did, is the same. Okay. There's no difference anymore. Okay. So uh, having a Mac, you may be less susceptible to some of the spyware viruses Versus. that PCs are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But from a pure mechanical failure, meaning like my hard drive failed. failed. Thankfully, you were able to recover much of the data off of it. Yes. Uh, that I you weren't able to get recovered from, I'm going to import from... My backup at Carbonite. Yep. Carbonite, one of the online services we had set you up with a while back. After I didn't have it and we had problems, <laughs> yes. Um, Carbonite is, was a small company up until a couple of years ago, and they've gone gangbusters. There are some other comp- online yeah, companies. Yeah, Mosey is another one. one. It seems like yeah. they all charge 55 or $60 dollars a year. year. Um, and there are some business class ones that are even much more expensive. Sure, but with much more har- yeah. data. Right. People need to realize the hard drive can fail in the computer. And until they do, they normally don't listen to this message. Or, the other, or they have someone like me tell them, hey, you need a backup, you need a backup. And so for the first couple times, they do the backup. They put it on a CD and put oh, it exactly. away. Oh, exactly. Right, right. Or they put it on a DVD. Or they away. buy a separate hard, hard drive. drive. I'm going to do this. And- yeah. The problem is, is after the first time and the second time and the third time, well, I, I, I got to run to the store. I'll do it later. Right. It takes over. It's not like a business where you can assign someone to do this every day. That's their job is to take Correct. care of the backup. Right. Uh, you have to have something that does it for you. That's the advantage of Carbonate. That's the advantage of, of most these online services. services. Right. Yes. Exactly. And there'll be links to these at the bottom. Is there a downside to using them? Uh, I don't think there's a downside. Uh, the program run in the background. The files are encrypted, so they're scrambled. They can't be seen by someone else. They're stored up there. There are limitations. You can't delete the files from your computer because uh, the software verifies the, the file every day. Right. Or if, if you delete it, it will delete, delete it off Eventually, of it will delete it from the right. online service. Exactly. But I figured out that I know there was a couple of times, because sometimes I'm a little too quick to delete things, that mm-hmm. I used it as kind of what they call with a Wayback Machine or something, mm-hmm. where you all of a sudden, oh my gosh, where'd that go? And I'd go back to Carbonite. Well, sure enough, there it is, and I just downloaded mm-hmm. from Carbonite, and yeah. I would have it. Yeah. But you can't depend on that for yes. a long term. Carbonite will tell you that 30 days is the, the max time. On a f- deleted file that they'll okay, store. That they'll store it. Yes. Right. That's not the, the. If you have a file, they'll store changes up to a year going backwards. If you wanted to recover, if you made a file and a year ago you could have and you had made changes at different times in the year, you could go back to different versions of that. Oh, you file. can. Okay, I wasn't yes. aware of that. Yeah, there's. You can go back today, yesterday, last week, the week before that, the week before that, the month before that. Three months before that, and three months before that, I believe. It oh, was. there's a it's, little drop-down that you can choose yes, which, which version you want. Not, oh, yeah. cool. Very cool. Um, I have an experience with Mosey, but I understand, my understanding is that it's the same way. It has a, a multiple different backup copies. And, yeah, and I'm, they're direct competitors. I'm sure yes. they're very similar from that perspective. Okay, so, so the important thing is that you set it up automatically. Yes. Just like you set up your credit card payment automatically so you don't forget to pay it. Get the backup, have it set up, have it run. 
It's always nice to be able to look down and look at the little lock symbol for Carbonite on your yep. taskbar down at the bottom of your computer. It's right there. You know if it's working or if it's not working. Right. And then you get you can choose to have little green or yellow dots on every file. Oh, so it yep. tells what's been backed up yep. and what hasn't. Yep. It, I do know that, especially if you have a lot of music or a big hard drive, it takes quite a while before it. The yes. first time, yes. but it just sits and runs. You yeah. set it up to run all night. Most people don't understand is their 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 internet access is not the same up as it is down. You get a lot of bag down, and you only okay. get a little bit going up. So it okay. takes a long time. It could take 30, 40 days to stream all of your music and everything else up to these websites for storage. It's not something you can install today and have it protect you tomorrow. You don't okay. want to wait till you have a problem to start on this. No, no. You start so now and do it. Yeah. Okay. All right, so the last thing that we want to talk to, and that is when to decide you need help and what you do when you need help, once you've decided you need help. The, the biggest thing is... And, and I'm sorry, I should clarify. When, the, when, you, when there's something wrong with your computer. computer. Right. Yes. How do you know when, when, and what should you do once you figure that out? The general experience most people have is my computer starts to slow down and doesn't respond faster. And it, and it starts having problems. And I, I have start getting error messages on the screen. I start having issues like that. It locks up. It yes. crashes. And people put off, put off, and put off. They, you know, they're thinking, okay, well, maybe something just happened or whatever. And they'll clear right. it up. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't. That's what uh, I did. I kept ignoring this error yes. message. Oh, no, this is not a yes. problem. Right. <laughs> yes, it was. But that kind of situation is eventually you reach a point where obviously you have to have someone take a look at your computer. Be it uh, someplace, a, a store, uh, on-site service, or someone who can provide remote service. Someone well, ex- explain. That. Okay, obviously everybody knows. Where I bought this computer somewhere, PC store, one of the big box stores. You know, they all have their remote service groups. But yep. so you bring your computer in and you give it to them for a couple of days. That's not normally a good thing. No. Okay, because you're just—it's just sitting on a shelf waiting for, for someone, someone to look at. To look it, at it. right. You're in the queue, yeah. so to speak, yes. for all my friends in yeah. Europe. What your situation is is you have some young kid who works for minimum wage in the back who's going to take your hard drive out of your computer and he's going to scan it with a utility to try to find out what's wrong with the computer. Okay. Uh, maybe he'll run if 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 you're having a if your computer won't turn on or. Physically won't right. turn on or something. You know, they're going to run some hardware diagnostics on it. That's where you're going to start. You don't have any... Kind of like in, triage yes. in the hospital. <laughs> first to see if the patient is yeah. is capable of breathing. Right? Yes. So that's where that's essentially where it starts. The repair, you know, obviously the repair service varies by, by different companies. Mm-hmm. If you go online, you can go on YouTube and do... There's comparatives for computer service companies out there. They've looked into some of these groups to see if they were actually doing good work. They would test a computer. They would have someone... Oh, the, tw- the 2020 dateline date stuff. Oh, yeah. sure, sure. Or they would no, have someone... They would cause a problem on the computer. Mm-hmm. And then they a would known take, problem. A known right? problem. Right. We know exactly what's wrong. We, we, we unhooked the hard drive or we took the memory out or, or we stuck a known bad chip in it or something so we could go in and say, see what they have and what they come back with, what the answer is. Some companies do Okay. Um, you'd be surprised. The big box companies, you know, basically will. Have, there's no profit in it, them trying to fix it. They want to sell you a new computer. Right. Um, the smaller, some of the smaller company, smaller mom and pop shops. Right. Some of them were fast to fix things, and, and some weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it becomes 
finding somebody that you can trust, trust and, is and, a big and, issue and like that. Okay, so a lot of my listeners are women, mm-hmm. and I gotta believe the thought of having somebody show up in some little <laughs> little Volkswagen bug. <laughs> With some strange paint on it or something, and having somebody come in their house is not a comfortable experience. No, it is not. Uh, it's been my experience. I, I I do do home support visits for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them have been uh, my customer base from my small and medium sized businesses. I mean, you're, you're going to their yeah, homes. They're saying, "Hey, Dan, when you got time, come down tonight. My kid got this screwed up." Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, so there's a there was a little bit of they've known me from the sites. Uh, I know I know other people in the business who do the same thing. Okay. Uh, so there's again that whole trust thing the, the trust up the yep. trust right for most of these people out there the idea of having somebody in their home nowadays has has, has just become ridiculous they there's, walk there's in there's no reason for it well no they 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 they're afraid to have someone come into their home and see what's in their home oh oh okay. yeah <laughs> exactly taking inventory yeah. with their yeah. cell phone camera yeah. yeah thirty years ago somebody walking through your house wasn't going to be able to carry out your color console tv set that weighed 150 pounds right they're not showing up to pick this up they come by and they see that your 40 inch lcd screen and your stereo system and everything else right and your digital camera and your yeah, two yeah. ipods on the counter and yeah. and yeah and they know that you're a single female who lives in a condo it's not a good thing. thing no understand okay so what's the solution to that well the, there are groups now like myself that are doing remote support where okay. we and now can, and you've done that for me. And yes. It's cool. Yes. I have a program that's offered by that I use. It's made by a company called Citrix, which is a big, big corporation. Uh-huh. Uh, it allows me to remote control a computer and do maintenance on it from a remote site. I don't have to come there. Well, let me let ask a question. In your experience, how, as a percentage, are problems where you actually physically have to touch the computer versus you just have to go through and clean the registry or... Fix some spyware or do get rid of some malicious it's, it's, file. It's more than 90, 90 to ninety five percent. If I find ninety nine percent that, that you, you can, can do fix, re- fix it fix remotely, remotely, I can ki- I can kill ninety nine point five percent of viruses. There are a limited number that literally will take over computer, and you have to wipe the computer out. Okay, it's not a good thing. Not a good. And thing. you wish it was backed up at that point. Yeah, and point is backed up, then they don't have any words. We just wipe it out. We get it over with. For the majority of items, I can kill them remotely. I have the utilities that have been written by people at Microsoft and other companies that mm-hmm. allow technicians like myself to do the work uh, remotely. We don't have to go on site. We don't have to. So there's no drive tr- time. There's no site visit call. There, you know, yes, there's no waiting <laughs> yeah. for the plumber <laughs> to show up. Or, show up or the cable TV guy. That whole scenario. Yeah. We waste a half a day. Schedule a time. Start working on it. Most of the time. What I end up doing is uh, make a phone call. We set up a remote remote connection. I have you go to a website. You enter a number in there that allows me to come in and remote control your computer. Mm-hmm. When we're done, the remote control computer software comes off. It doesn't stay on there. It's not like I can look and see what your computer does. Right. Okay. Like I said, it's made by a big company called Citrix. It's very secure. secure very yes. above board. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Right. And I realize that. And you've got. I mean, you've got. Companies that are trusting you to do the same things, things. Yeah. right? And yeah. you have, I have a reputation, I, 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 and yeah. I have to comply with things like the HIPAA laws and the Sarbanes Oxley laws that the government has put out for data security. Got it, Dan. Thank you. Hopefully, uh, we've uh, hopefully prevented some people from having some problems. Yes, and uh, brought some value. Obviously, uh, again, as indoor cycling instructors, 
you know, there are other components to what we do, and uh, your computer, like me, is probably a big part of your life. So if you have any questions, feel free to email Dan. I've got Dan set up with a uh, IndoorCycleInstructor.com email, so just Dan at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Obviously, he's a professional, and he doesn't have an enormous amount of time, but if you have just some basic questions or you need a little guidance, yeah. uh, depending on you know, what we I would, see. I, I, would, I prefer if, if that, to, to hear a, get a question and, that I can't answer on a, on, a, on a free basis, at least be able to tell you, hey, you need to go talk to someone oh, or you it. need somebody professional like me to, to look at your problem. Got it. Perfect. So I'd much rather tell you, give you a quick, uh, hey, you need to do that. Then to exactly. hear later on that you've lost everything. Oh, yes. We don't want that. We don't want that. Again, we've got instructors that have gigabytes worth of, more than gigabytes. What's the next one up? Terabytes, Terabytes worth of music. Yes. And uh, the thought of losing all that would is just not good. All right. Well, Dan, thank you. Appreciate having you. Thanks, John.